Loftus Party people, you may not recognize this voice. My name is Rowdy Rick Robinson. I am the executive producer for the Loftus Party podcast. We've decided to take the weekend off for Easter, so you are about to get three very special segments as a best of, two of which in this regular podcast segment, and then one will be over on the Patreon. Again, we hope everybody had a great and wonderful Easter, and we will see you guys this coming weekend, sometime probably between Tuesday and Wednesday, with a fresh episode. Have fun, guys, and stay tuned for the best of. Here's me and Jim Brewer. Here we go, ladies and gentlemen. We got Jim Brewer on the show. This is a this is a big one. This is a big one. Huh. Jim Brewer is here, coming to us all the way from New Jersey. Yeah, Jersey, bro. As quick Jersey, as I can bro. get out, though. Say what? I'm only here for I'm only here for a quick trip. I look at I see the leaves. I'm out of here. Yeah, it is. Uh, you're you're a, you're a lucky dude. Now you're down. You're home base now. You're a southern man. And uh, how'd you how'd you fare during the uh, older Hurricane Ian? How'd you come through that? We're, you know, this development I moved in. I yeah. Think, and you're like this is. This is the greatest development. All the houses are like hurricane proof. Um, The windows, the doors. We already survived hurricane in 2016, whatever that was. And we're good. Well, the storm started beating the snot out of Naples. And I'm not going to lie to you. I was like, wow, this is you couldn't hear the wind in the house. You didn't hear like, you didn't hear the walls moving. Wow. Yeah. And then at one point I went on my back deck. I took a nap. (laughs) Just a nap. (laughs) On my life. I'm not even exaggerating. It put me in the deepest coma. And then, (laughs) yeah. And I'm looking over, I'm watching uh, now behind me. Probably about 50 yards is a is a tiny waterway that starts just just past my house. That that's part of an inlet, and the inlet goes on for I don't know a couple miles, and it's fed by the Gulf of Mexico. So, but it's all mangroves and stuff, and it goes on and on. So it's not beach, but and I'm watching. I'm full blown nap, loving lover. Loving Hurricane Ian for being so gentle, giving me the best rest I've had in a long time. And then um, we started watching TV, or we still got power. And I get out to take a pee. Like, wow, that water in the back is um, <laughs> it's really high. I, I don't think I've ever seen it that high. That's, um, wow, huh, okay. And then about a half hour later, it's about 3.30. I went, oh, oh, wow. It's about 30 feet closer to the house. Wow, Oops. that water is raging. And it goes on through the mangroves. And now I can see it goes, pre- wow, okay. And then at 4 o'clock is when the serious panic kicked in. It was literally just under two feet in the back of the house and starting to go on the side of the houses. And, oh, shit. You know, pe- 
Yeah, yeah. People are outside. They're like, we need sandbags. I'm like, is it? Stretch on bread. Sandbags ain't stopping the Gulf of Mexico. <laughs> are you serious? Have you seen what this water's done? This water's up like 10 feet. And it stopped uh. right at that spot. My neighbor came out and he goes, listen, listen, I put a rock in the water about 10 minutes ago. And if you notice, the rock is now out of the water, which means the water's going back. And I, and I got some communication. They said that the, sur- the high, we just peaked the high tide. The high tide's over. It's going back. I'm like, oh, God. And sure enough, it went back. And, but he said, you got to be careful. 2 a.m., high tide again. I went, you know what? At this point, I'm going to take it. Maybe I'll take a gummy. I'll have a glass of wine. I'll go to bed. <laughs> and if I, if I wake up to pee in the middle of the night and I'm sloshing away, it's not, I, what are we doing? There's nothing we can do. There's nothing we could do. And um, I woke up in the morning and all the water was gone. And then I went up to drive. And that's when I realized, oh, my God, this thing destroyed everywhere like i went to try to go uh, i go to a little coffee shop in the morning coffee shop yeah. wiped out completely Oof. wiped out and then i was worried about the family they're a young family that that started this thing up they're just a young husband and wife two little kids um i just got in contact with them two days ago their house is wiped out their marco island completely wiped out there's a lot of people's places got what the pier I wanted to go downtown, the prestigious area of Naples. Yeah. This place called Fifth Avenue. And Fifth Avenue is like, is like the Beverly Hills, but on one street. And you couldn't get to it. It was completely underwater. There was airboats going up and down the street. Wow. Um, the entire, there was, there was a whole pier. The Naples pier is completely gone. It was it. Fort Myers is getting most of the um, attention. Yeah, they should. But but from from about in forty five minutes north of Fort Myers all the way down to Marco Island was completely had the snot beat out of them, and it's hurting. It's bad. It's I can't bad. even imagine. I, I seriously, that's one of those things where I think until you go through it, you really don't have a clue. I want to go back to uh, I want to go back to your neighbors yeah. who decided, hey, we should do something <laughs> when the water's two feet away. I think uh, this is me. This is just me. I think if you're gonna try sandbags, you might want to you might want to kick in a little a little bit before it's like right up on your house. Yeah, and the, and that's the thing. Like no one, we were we were all like, okay, uh, well, where do we start putting the sandbags? What would, would, would you put at the door? Like where, what? Are Dude, the, what are we? What are we stopping? This thing. I it's would, the it's the I Gulf of t- Mexico. What are we getting? Bread? Are we getting? <laughs> anyone got corn muffins? Anything that can soak this up? What are we doing? It's all. I would have been out there like a squirrel, dude. I would have been unstoppable. I'd have been putting them everywhere. But like that to me, now that I'm going to use it as a metaphor, buckle up. But that yeah. seems to be like the American way. You're like, okay, this is going to be a problem. Yep, that's going to be a problem. Mm-hmm, this is going to be problematic. And then when the water is right up on the door, 
that's when people are like, oh, we should we should get active now and do something. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what? I will say this. So I'm getting I'm trying to remember where I was. I'm going to have to look for the for the text. But I got a text at least four days before this hurricane, at least that said Governor DeSantis has declared a state of emergency. Yeah. And you're in Naples and this and that and that we uh, you know, we're asking you now to look for other places to go and to pot and to evacuate I'm like this guy. I like this guy, but I, I think he's being a little overcautious. I mean, we, it's still in Cuba. Stop, dude, that guy, he may, he must've known other things, but thank he probably saved a lot of lives doing that because I didn't take him seriously. But as each day went on, he started more and more. He's like, I'm telling you, this is very serious. Like people are going to lose their lives. Please. Yeah. There's a reason why we're in a state of emergency. Um, and that's why I really laughed when the, some of the, I don't know, what are they called? Media or liar? The professional liars, uh, <laughs> the professional the professional um, hate spreaders and liar spreaders. When they're trying to nail this guy going, you know, you think you could have done more. I specifically have the text from four days before saying, Hey man, watch your ass. It was worded differently, but yeah. Um, yeah. They, they Dude, Florida's I, kicking ass with it. I saw pictures like before the hurricane hit of like, power company trucks that oh. there had to have been oh. thousands of them just standing yeah. by ready to go well you you know what was cool so the airport that i was fly out of is called is fort myers southwest florida airport and um they got they were closed down until today i think they were closed down till today that play i had to go to Across, I'm on the bottom. So if you know where my, if you don't know Florida, basically Naples is directly across from Miami. If you take Miami and draw a, a line to the left, you'll hit Naples. Oh, so okay. There's a, so there's a place called, there's a road that goes across called Alligator Alley. So I fly out of Fort, Fort Lauderdale on the east coast of Florida. Yeah. As I'm driving, all you see, I've, I've done this trip two times. All you see coming in the Naples direction are fire trucks, rescue, generators, um, all types of electrical uh, trucks. I mean, they are, and from all different counties, I've seen um, different states like Alabama and Mississippi. Um, there was Georgia. And it just, and all you see is a sea of lights and they come in droves. It's kind of cool. It is watching that many people buckle up and try to um, fix the place. I how excited were those alligators? How excited! Oh, like, they were excited. Like, oh wow, they got you guys. Try these cabinets in here. They got like food <laughs> in the cabinet. We don't the even have to look like, for stuff. Oh shit! This water's gonna take me into this motherfucker's yard. I am in your living room now. Here we go. <laughs> yeah. Wow. This guy's got this place is nice. Right. Alligators. Are did, what are these chips? Yeah. <laughs> wow, they got wine in here and everything. Wow. <laughs> it, was, 
It was interesting too to see um, because it is a very wealthy area. Yeah, uh, there's a lot of wealth there. You'd see not boats, but like ships, like yachts. Just I remember my my friend called because he lives on the water and he's thirty feet in the air and he's the only house that survived over there. And while he's there, he's like, Jim, hold on a second, hold on a second. I said, What's up? He goes, Oh my god. Oh my God, he calls his wife, he goes, hun, what idiot is driving their yacht in the freaking, in the water right now? And she, and you hear her going, there's nobody in there. Boats were just floating away. Uh, Lamborghinis are just, they're somewhere in Ocala <laughs> right now. Lamborghinis floating away. Yeah. There's people in Ocala going, oh my God, free Lamborghini. Right? Like, yeah, that's all. That's here's. I'm. I got. I must have a problem because I just keep thinking of all the opportunities here. It's like, all right, somebody's got <laughs> it's floating by my house. I'm gonna hook that bitch and change the name. <laughs> Possessions half the law. Yes, that's long. Well, that's long. Island thinking right there. You take off the serial number. You're like, Where'd <laughs> you get the shot? Um, from a friend. <laughs> fell, off, fell off a truck. <laughs> I <laughs> fell off the back it, of the truck. And I, I would like to publicly state again, I need a friend on Long Island who has a boat. Driving, I cannot, it, like Hurricane Sandy. Were you out there for Sandy or were you already Oh, in yeah. No, I was, I was there. Oof. I've only been Florida one year. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I can't. Uh, driving off that island already, I, I, it's like, it's, it's, it's insulting. Like if there's a hurricane that's about to hit Long Island, you have to drive off the island and then they charge you. That just is like a dick move. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that part. You want to leave? You're going to cost you some money. Well, yeah, I just, yeah, I just want to live. I'm just trying to live. That'll be seven fifty. And, <laughs> and you're going to have to deal with the with the construction that we've been putting your right? uh, traffic back in for the last forty eight years. Your your tax dollars at work. Yes, good good work too at that. I'm I'm glad you made it through. Okay, and uh, yeah, and it's how good. I'm I'll just like blow a little bit more smoke uh, up the Santas here, but like no one is complaining. Florida got walloped, and my my boy was ready to go. Yep. It's crazy. Yep. If, if there would have been. If there would have been any slip-ups, they would have been all over him like 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 stink on shit. Oh, you ain't kidding. He he I almost feel like he knew he knew, not only was he prepping Floridians, but he was prepping for all the jackasses just trying to take him down. Yeah. Yeah. Tired of paying outrageous prices for Viagra? Well, we have great news for you. Now you can finally get Viagra at huge discounts. Healthy Man allows you to save up to $500 on Viagra. Why pay U.S. pharmacy prices of $15 per pill or more when you can get Viagra for less than $3 a pill? Call today and get 40 Viagra pills for only $99. This can cost as much as $600 at your local pharmacy. You can't afford not to call us. If you want Viagra at the lowest prices, never pay $15 
$1 a pill pharmacy prices again. Get Viagra for less than $3 a pill. Call 1-800-516-7602 today and save up to $500 and get 40 pills for just $99. Healthy Man is fast, easy, and affordable. Operators are waiting at 1-800-516-7602 to take your call right now. Call 1-800-516-7602. That's 1-800-516-7602. Again, 1-800-516-7602. Back with more show with Pete Corielli. We're Dude, we're, we're jumping in right where we left off. You're on stage in Raleigh. You're riffing about Robin Williams. And I did, this brings... Yeah. And they're like, that's funny. What you said, it's freaking funny. But here's the thing. This goes back to the to the, the Don Rickles thing of it all. People always love to bring up to me, like, you know, after shows and stuff. And they're like, dude, if Don Rickles was out there now, do you think like, well, you know, what, where, oh, you couldn't handle Don Rickles now. And I'm like, Don Rickles could do the exact same bit. I don't think you people would laugh. I don't think you'd laugh. I think you'd be too, too big a pussy. To laugh. Because everybody's like, ooh, it's it's awkward and uncomfortable. It's true. It's I and it's it's unfortunate, but it's the way and 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 I feel like sometimes it's at it's it's at their own detriment. Like I re, I specifically remember one time being in the writer's room alone with you and Kevin can wait when we're working on the show and telling you lofty. I got this idea for a bit, and I never did it, but it was about stereotyping and how they say stereotyping is something you shouldn't do. But I argue stereotyping, it's it's a it's a natural survival instinct, you know? Like you it would be like having an animal walking through the woods, right? Like a um, I don't know, a squirrel, and it comes across a lion and the lion eats it. So then the next squirrel who sort of happened walks up and sees another lion. Is he supposed to go, well, maybe that last lion was just, you know, having a bad day. No, he goes, fuck lions. I ain't going near lions. <laughs> so, you know, I mean, you're supposed to see something happen and not take that in and make a mental note and, and see it over and over and over and go, okay, it seems like this happens a lot if you do that or that. That's life. That's life, man. And yes. they want to dumb us down into like invasion of the body snatchers where we all just walk around with our fucking phones like zombies, like shit. Yeah. And dude, I, I think it goes back to like we were talking about sitcoms. I, I think you you do these you do these groupings, you make these judgments, and it's on like a genetic level. It all goes back to like uh, it's like Neanderthal behavior. I, I can't help it. But yeah, if I'm a squirrel and every time I go in the woods, uh, a freaking lion attacks me. Well, you know what? I might just stick up in the trees where the lions don't live. <laughs> it's just like. Right. Exactly, man. And then even when they like, you know, they try to do stuff like this is getting a little crazy. But, you know, when they try to integrate neighborhoods, even like the town over from me, you know, they're redoing all these homes and they're giving them to people that can't afford their own homes. Yeah. And it's a great gesture. And these homes, they're building them fast and they look great. And it's so exciting. And then you go buy them a month later. And there's, you know, certain people just don't see things the way you do. They just don't have the pride in the home that you may have in your home. You know what I mean? So right. these homes pretty quickly 
yet not looking good again. So people want to move to somewhere else where people give a shit about how their house looks. And somehow, that's a bad thing. You're a bad person for wanting to do that kind of stuff. I don't think you can... It, you can't just give something to somebody and and have them appreciate it as much. Well, I you mean, know? I get it giving people a break, and it is kind of crazy how sometimes these executives, you know, cut these deals when they merge with another company. Half the company loses their job, but the guy gets like fucking hundred million in the merger that could have easily kept everybody employed. But there's yeah. nothing left. There's nothing left for them to do because you need less people. And I get it all, but you know. It just, it's all crazy, man. I don't know, Mike. I don't know where I'm going with any of that, but I feel bad well, for it's, everybody. <laughs> it's like, this is something that I think, and I talk about it on this show all the time, there's always unintended consequences. You're like, True. oh, I want to do this very good thing for a very good reason. And then there's unintended consequences. Dude, I'm I'm old enough that I can remember, you know, uh, you know Bill Clinton and the gang and uh, and and George Bush and the gang, you know, going. We are going to make sure that 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 Fannie Mae and all these home, you know, sales, these banking institutions, a certain percentage of their loans are, are going to be mandated to go to low income people. So we're going to make sure low in, you know, this group of low income people, and it, you know, huge round of applause, huge round. And I'm thinking to myself, oh, that's awesome, that's great. And then the the number of mandated home sales kept going up and up. And then and then the lending institutions go, listen, if you're going to force us to give loans to people who we know can't pay, pay us back, you have you have to pay us back. The government. Yeah. The government's wow. like, OK, well, then we'll pay you back. And then all of a sudden you get a housing bubble because the banks. Dude, it was just like the candy store was wide open and all these banks are like, holy shit, for every loan we make, the government's going to pay us back and we get the house back and we can sell it again. Fucking A. So it was just it was just open season. I remember a buddy of mine, really funny dude uh, in Ohio, got his real estate license. And I'm like, how's it going? And he's like, dude, I'm not touching this. He goes, this is criminal what they're doing. They're going out. They're giving these loans to people. They know they can't pay it back. Then they get evicted. The government has to pay for the loan. Then they sell the house again. He's like, this is a scam of the biggest kind. He goes, so many people are going to go to jail. So many people are going to go to jail. And fucking nobody did. Jesus. And so now it's like we're doing it again. It's crazy. They're doing it again. They're like, okay, everybody needs to go to college. Everybody needs to go to college. And college is like, well, we could give out more student loans. Okay, yes, do that. Do that. Well, if we're giving out student loans to kids that we don't think can pay it back, who's going to be on the hook for that? And the government's like, we'll be on the hook. We'll be on the hook for that. And then the colleges are like, well, shit, this $10,000 degree from uh, 1980, oh, that shit's worth $200,000 more. And then the interest rate on the loan is going to be sky high. So the kids the kids sign off on these horrible loans, predatory lenders. College is so fucking overpriced. And then they go to the government and they go, hey, you owe us a lot of money. You owe the banks too. And now you got yeah. 
you got Joe Biden going, okay, so I want to forgive this student loan debt, but he has not addressed the, the, the root cause of the problem. And then guys like me, you know, it's not even a fucking Band-Aid. It's not even a Band-Aid on the solution. And then a guy like me, you know, you go, wow, this is horse shit. And then every kid that listens to your podcast is like, you're a fucking, you're a douche. You're a douche. Why don't you want to help me? And I'm like, dude, I want to help everybody. We got to fix the entire problem. Wow. that I have never heard it said with such clarity, dude. I mean, I think you got to go get a little bit of a spray tan and a better blazer and say that exact thing into the camera. And you're going to be following Tucker on Fox. I mean, it was perfect. And the thing about it is so many people in this country don't listen or read enough to understand exactly what you just said so clearly. Now, can I ask you, because you are so understanding of it, on top, sure. of, all, on top of all that, t- these endowments, I'm trying to understand that. So when they say like Harvard has a multi-billion dollar endowment, does that mean they've built, that's money they have built up? Yes. Yes. And the, the most, I know Harvard is being, is an exceptional college, but like the most colleges, even, you know, lesser known, like let's take a Hofstra University in uh, Long Island. Does that probably even have somewhat of an endowment? I'm sure they do. I'm sure well, they do. Because well, like, how, yeah, go, go ahead, go ahead. Well, then it seems to me like, is it legal to like, how come they haven't audited these colleges to see clearly how much they're overpricing and taking advantage of these loans and then say, yeah, we're going to wipe away some of these loans, but we're not. You are with your fucking endowment. I mean, what are you saving that for a rainy day? It's raining. It is pouring. And you guys took advantage of these kids. And can't they lock in price gouging like they try to do with uh, fuel? Why can't they do that with colleges? Because it's ridiculous, man. Well, you've got it's such a closed loop. It's such an inner circle. You know, all these you got the people in government who come out of the, you know, that they're always air quote public servants and they come out of these universities. So they don't want to end the scam. You don't want to be the guy that ruins it for the rest of your little money making mafia. So they have to pretend like, oh, my degree was certainly worth it and higher education and blah, 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 blah. And then like, I want, I want the free market to figure it out. Because once the government comes in, and says, okay, you know, you're not allowed to have an endowment past this. You're not allowed to charge more than this. Everything will suck. Everything will suck. They will, the, the universities will cut the wrong corners. They uh, will, that's a good point. That's a good point. You know, and it all will become worthless. I, I say, you know, let the chips fall where they may. Like, fucking go to Phoenix University. Go to Phoenix Online. Why? Why? Go to a community college. Like all this well, horse shit. No, oh, I went to Yale. I'm I'm smarter than you. I went to Yale. But you know what it is, Mike? To that point, I think I do know that one. Like when I graduated from Fredonia State University in New York, and I didn't know what I wanted to do. I had a communications degree, so I was going to be in sales. And I went and got a headhunter, and I went on a bunch of sales jobs from like Gallo Wines to Rico photocopy machines. Um. And I remember thinking to myself afterwards, well, you know, I was a B average student at, at a New York university and, and I got uh, job interviews. So, you know, but then as I got older, I realized people that went to Stanford, I didn't even sniff those job interviews, you know, even though I got, I, I was getting low. So it, it's not that the person from Stanford 
is necessarily smarter than me in the long run. But the person from Stanford is going to go to interview by the guy who owns the company that went to Stanford, you know, and it kind of just, yeah, uh, the clubhouse continues beyond the college to the job. Yeah. And dude, you're, you're, you're going to, you're going to Harvard and uh, you're in the frat with all your buddies. And one of your good friends, his grandfather was the guy who uh, founded Nabisco and they've got, you know, an interesting little thing going on in Singapore. And <laughs> yeah. And that's and that's what it is. Then it it is an old boys club, and that's what I think is like one of the biggest problems in this country right now is is the elites that just don't live by our rules, and and like I've had enough, dude. Like like Joe Biden was just giving this speech about if you're America first, then you know if you're make America great again, you're a fascist and all this stuff, and like. This is the dude looking around at the landscape during the lockdown. You think about how many of these people were not, they, they just, they, they weren't even touched. They didn't suffer in the least little bit. Yeah. Nancy Pelosi didn't suffer. Biden oh, didn't yeah. suffer. Nobody yeah. suffered. And then these sons of bitches, these rich bastards are telling us, oh, we're all in the same boat. Motherfucker. No, we are not. Well, like, I know I, I know a guy, true story, long story short, I was talking to a guy who I know is a billionaire in New York, and he was telling me that when Trump was in office, he goes, I paid more taxes. He goes, I did. And he goes, but you didn't mind paying the taxes because he lifted restrictions. You're making money. Everybody's making money. Things are moving. He goes, but whenever a Democrat comes in, they try to cut the taxes and he goes, but they leave in so many loopholes, legal loopholes that you end up paying less in taxes. <laughs> and he goes and you know, and, and so it's just like, it's like you said, it's a lot of smoke and mirrors, man. When they, and it's the same ranting, the same things they just say over and over about that aren't true. And it drives me nuts when they do these debates and, you know, like someone's either side will say, I never said that. And you're like on your phone looking at five clips of them saying that. And the moderator doesn't even go, well, we're going to we're going to go to the fucking green screen here because we got five times of you saying that they never get called on their shit. Like I said, both sides. That's what drives me nuts with politics. Well, well, this well, here's the one that like, you know, we, we've crossed the line in America. We, we've we've crossed the line. And this is why I'm so. You know, I'm so vocal. I, you know, I, I voted for Trump, you know, back in the day, voted for him twice. But when when the Hunter Biden laptop story came out and, and you find out the FBI had that laptop since late 2018, they were investigating him in 2019. They knew the thing was real. Tucker Carlson has an eyewitness that he's interviewing that, yep, not only did Joe Biden know about this crap, he was in on the meetings. He was getting 10% kickbacks from Hunter. I was there. Here's the emails. Here's the text messages. And then the FBI calls Facebook and they call Twitter and they go, hey, you got to shut that down. That was Russian disinformation. And then you've got 51 people in the intelligence communities and former heads of the CIA and former heads of the FBI. And they're going, yeah, this is Russian disinformation. And they killed that story because they wanted their boy, Joe Biden to win. And they didn't want Trump back in there. And, yeah, and like, well. and it's, it's terrifying, dude. It's terrifying. I just want to have, listen, I just want a free 
exchange of ideas. And I, seriously, like uh, I, I did a buddy, a buddy of mine. He's a, a, a former uh, he had his own show on Fox News back in the day. And now he's doing another thing. And, you know, he's an independent. And we had this we had this talk. I don't think there's any I don't think there's any such thing as an independent. An independent to me is just a fuckhead who who hasn't cracked the book. <laughs> I don't know, man. I just I, wait listen, for somebody to come along, somebody to come along that rallies us all, man. That'd be beautiful. Oh, listen, if I'm wrong about something, I will admit it. And if there's a better way to do it, I, I'm all for that. But you always have to be on the lookout for unintended consequences and, and other crap. And it's just like it's it's nuts. They're, uh, Biden and the gang, are, they're talking about giving more money to Afghanistan. As we record this, they're talking about another, you know, I think it's like 20, 30 billion dollars to Afghanistan. And you're just yeah. like, hold up, we're we're coming out of these lockdowns. We're coming out of two years of X, Y, and Z, and 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 you're protecting Afghanistan's border because oh, it's so important that they have a border, but you're just driven and drabbing it out, right? Like you don't really want to yeah. win. You're just like kicking them a few billion dollars every uh, other week, and and then meanwhile, our borders wide open. And you got 300 people a day dying from fentanyl. It is like, yeah, I know. there's so much, guys, yeah, there's so much other stuff we could do with that money. Like, listen, what about all the people camping out all over the country, man, like to the homeless. It's like, it's like crazy how, you know, um, you know, we got a lot of shit that we could use that money on. He has like, yes, crazy. I know. Yeah. Well, you're, so, let me comment. Hold on. Cause first you said the hunter thing and I just want to, just from a funny standpoint, and again, I, I'm just I'm just going factual. I know, like, what's funny to me is, like, they always say Donald Trump Jr. I see the people that don't like him call him say he does coke, right? I don't know, is that because he's a rich guy? I I never heard of saw him do coke or anything about it, but exactly. so they have a they put out a meme I saw um, of Donald Trump Jr. like with fake powder on his nose and his eyes rolled back. And then I'm saying to my wife, this is so crazy. They're like making a fake one for Donald Trump Jr. But we got real ones. <laughs> I'm, I'm haunted to suck in a crack pipe. Like, that's like crazy that no one sees the irony in that, you know? I mean, so it just that, that part of it blows me away. Is uh, And then when they say that, you know, the election wasn't in, interfered with, but then the people in charge, like Mark Zuckerberg, comes along and say, well, we interfered with it because we blocked this story. And it's, not, <laughs> and it's not about Hunter doing crack. It's about the president being compromised. Um, and he's admitting we did that. But yeah. yet you know, they still that that is that is election interference, man. So, yes, I don't why they, they just. You can't argue with somebody that, like, my daughter could go, my tummy hurts, my tummy hurts. And I go, well, don't eat any more of the ice cream. Uh, and then she stops eating the ice cream and her tummy doesn't hurt. And I go, see? And she's like, what? No, it's just, like, she won't even admit that the thing is because of the thing. <laughs> Holy shit. It's, so, it's very frustrating. The one, the one that, like, is just, I, I don't know where the joke in is it yet. I guess I got to come up with a better, better metaphor. But like Biden's giving this speech and he's talking about, boy, these people who are, who are questioning the election, that's a threat to democracy. That's a threat to democracy. And like I literally at my website, theloftestparty.com, I posted a 12 minute montage of Hillary Clinton 
Kamala Harris, Joe Biden, all of these big uh, Democrat people questioning the outcome of the 2016 election. And they did it for years. They're like on stage and they're like, Donald Trump is an illegitimate president. He is not. Yeah. It's like, like a, I know, I know, so, I know. I don't know. Uh, what Trump, you know, you say what you want either way, but I, I guess being a New Yorker, I know Trump, you know, he lies like crazy, they say, and I get it. But to me, when he says about his inauguration, they, they, they say there was more people there than ever before. Okay. Democrats go, this is a lying scumbag guy. And it's true. That's not true what he said. But as a New Yorker, I'm like, it's exaggeration. Relax. <laughs> Dude, that it's uh, okay. So there's a so difference when, between lying and exaggerating. <laughs> when Trump announced, I was still living in LA. And then as the thing, as the election season was progressing, I had I had moved out to Long Island to write on the show with you, you know, yeah. Kevin can wait. And so I'm I'm encountering all these New Yorkers. And the longer I was on Long Island, the more Trump made sense. I'm like, oh, I get it. <laughs> He's just talking smack. <laughs> yes. <coughs> oh God, excuse me. Do you mean like like Long Island has been such a blessing for me because it is just New York is just different. And unless you're immersed in it, you don't get it. You yeah, know, and, and we just like everything on Long Island gets squared in the moment. Argue, 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 settled, move on. No yes. Questions. You know what I'm saying? And like it drives me nuts that and correct me if any of this is wrong. Why you can't just sit the president down or whomever's in charge and about these electric vehicles just simply go, is it true that to make the batteries, you're going to burn this amount of fossil fuels? And then they have to answer that. And then you go, is it true you're going to have to mine the ground and destroy the ground in other ways to get that stuff? They answer that. And is it true that 80% of that comes from China or Afghanistan that China now owns? And then they have to answer that. And then we know. But because that's that's what I'm being told. And that seems pretty like I'm saying to Sebastian there in the cast. I'm like, oh, so what are we trying to do? Guilt China into going electric someday? Yeah. <laughs> like, are they going to look at all the rest of the world and go, well, well, come on, guys, everyone else is doing it. Oh, by then they're going to go, well, we can keep burning gas because no one else is. So the ozone ain't even that bad now. It's that's that's the frustrating part of all of this. That's the that's one of the, the other huge frustrations. It's like if, if you care about the the environment, you're horrified by how they get the lithium for the batteries. If you care about the environment, you're horrified by the, the golden eagle population, among with other bird populations, just being decimated by these wind turbines then it comes back to they can't store enough of of the electricity and the wind turbines break down and the solar panels don't work and you have these rolling blackouts it's they know it doesn't work dude they yeah. know it and yet they're going full tilt boogie like oh isn't this gonna be awesome and then you've got places like california they're just going listen it's gonna be illegal you can't buy a gas-powered car after 2035.
That's crazy. Yeah, I know. And then they got rolling blackouts, and it's horrible for the planet. That's when you're like, who is behind this? I have a theory, and I tend to have theories that come true. It's really unbelievable. But I have a theory that, um, and I used to tell my wife this, I'm like, the only way you're going to get the whole get the whole world green and fix it is you're never going to get the cooperation of the whole world. So you're going to have to have one country take over the entire world and then just force everybody to do this. So everyone's going to live less well until they figure it out or whatever it is, but it's only going to be by force. I mean, really force. And I feel like that's what China figured out. They're like, listen, let's see, let's brainwash these dummies and they all go bankrupt and we just build up our forces and then we take over the whole world and then we'll green the shit up, make everybody do the right thing, except us. I, I'm, dude, I'm right there with you. I'm right like the, there with you. The rest you. of the world is going to be one big garden for China. You know what I'm saying? I, I think there's two camps that are duking it out. I think on, on one side, you got the Klaus Schwab's and those dudes from the World Economic Forum, you got somebody there, and I think China is pretending to be a part of it, but China wants to, it's gonna, that'll be the final battle. It'll be between, it'll be between the Chinese and the Klaus Schwab people. I think China's gonna stab them in the back. They're just pretending to go along with it now, because China's doing some hardcore shit. China is China's like, uh, hey, kids, you're not allowed to play video games more than three hours a week. That's it. End of story. I know. Isn't that weird? Because on one hand, you're like, Jesus, that's hardcore. But on the other hand, you're like, Jesus, that's fantastic. In China, they got, you know, they, everyone gets uh, um, credit based on their behavior. I know, I know you know that, too. Like, if you jaywalk. Yeah. And the camera sees you jaywalk, you lose a certain amount of points. And when you lose points, you can't, you can no longer, like when you're on the road, you can't check into a Hyatt because you don't have enough points. So now you can only check into like a fucking Motel 6. Right. So, so you try to build up good quality citizen points to be able to stay in nice places again. Again, insane, crazy, but a bit fantastic. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, Oh man! You gotta yeah, do that, that on stage. <laughs> Maybe I should. That's seriously, dude. There's such an appeal to being a dictator. There really is. <laughs> this yeah, is this is what yeah. communists never factor in. They never factor it in. You got these kids going, "Oh, real socialism's never been tried. Real socialism's never been tried," because. Somebody, once they get to the top, they're like, oh, this shit. Oh, this is, this feels good. Here's what I'm going to do now. And I'm never letting go of this shit. I am dictator for life. <laughs> it's got to feel great. You know, I mean, a lot of what China does is like, if I was president, what I'd like to do, you know, like, oh, you want to fly in an airplane? You got to wear a suit or a nice outfit if you're a woman. Um, you want to wear sweatpants? You're taking the fucking bullet train. Sorry. You know what I mean? Just just automatically upgrade size. Yes. If you show up at the airport in pajamas and flip-flops, you get danged. You're now on the bus. Yeah. And you're never allowed you're never allowed back in an airport. But you know, a cultural thing in China, I did a hard read on this, Mike. It's weird though on the other side, like when you have dinner at someone's house in China, 
it's polite to burp. It signifies you enjoyed the meal. Like if you don't burp, the, the, the wife might be like, is this fucking guy going to burp or uh, what are yeah. we doing here? So, you know, it's kind of fascinating, the culture differences, you know? By the way, there's, there's still barbecue and bat and everything else over there, folks. So keep your masks because that shit didn't stop. Unbelievable. Yeah, I, I highly doubt it was the bat soup, Pete. I'm just still, even, even if it wasn't, and I'm sure it wasn't, you know, just like we got the bat thing on the RICO Act. We happen to be investigating. We know it's not that, but you should shut that shit down, too. I mean, what is going on? It's like a barbecue at a reptile zoo. Well, that's what happens when you're hungry. That's what happens. <laughs> I got to be honest. I distinctly remember my 84-year-old grandmother from Italy gnawing on pig's feet on Christmas Eve, trying to get a teeth in between the knuckle of the pig's hook. So I'm sure Chinese people are looking at my grandmother going, what the fuck is she's on? My, my, my grandmother uh, was around during the Depression, and you've never seen anybody eat chicken like my grandmother. She'd like be cracking the bones apart, sucking the shit out of the middle. Oh, wow. What? I mean, how old was she during that? And has she told these stories about that? Because, like, holy shit. Lines would, for bread? Dude, she would tell these stories that were, uh, like, she remembered hear, hearing stories about, like, the mass starvation in Ireland, right? And, yeah. And finding people on the side of the road who were starving to death, and they had green all over their teeth and their mouth from trying to eat grass now. Oh my God. But she told, she had this one story and it was, it was kind of weird. She always had like a fond, like a happy look, uh, like a faraway look in her eye. When she talked about this, everybody on her block in this little town in Ohio during the depression, they all had a garden. They all had a garden and there was like an Italian family down the block and they would like, you know, they would make pasta. And another family down the block, they had tomatoes and onions. And this family had corn. And once a week, they would all like harvest from their little gardens and have like these big neighborhood community, you know, dinners. Like, hey, yeah. you know, times are shitty everywhere, but we're going to come together. And dude, that's where I don't want to live in the Great Depression, but here's where I want to live. I want to live in a country and on a planet where people do the right thing because it's the right thing to do. You know, I, I want people yeah. to help their neighbor because they want to help their neighbor. I don't want the government to come in with a gun and go, listen, I'm going to take more of your paycheck if you don't give some of your belongings to your neighbor. And then you go, dude, that's wrong. And then they go, well, that's not what Jesus would do. And I'm like, no, that's no, you, you don't, you need to go back and look at the Bible again. Help your yeah. neighbor because you want to. Anyway, yeah. that, this dude, it, it's been a great, wow. great. Wow. Where can people find you? Where can Wait, they find? I, can I can I say one last thing? Uh, yeah. Just because I had to share it with you. So I read this 800-page tomb about George Washington. I always think of you with history because you're such a history buff, and I've always loved our conversations, you know? And, you know, the whole book is called Washington, A Life by Ron Chernoff. Like it's an amazing book. And you know, a lot of it's from Washington's journals and also Jefferson's and like, you know, it's so neat because you know, Washington would meet Jefferson about something and then you read what Washington said, and then you read what Jefferson said, you're like, Oh my god, Tommy's stabbing him in the back. <laughs> <laughs> up. You know, 
bro, it's like a writer's room. It's like a writer's room. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, it's, you know, yeah. So, but there was, um, anyway, you know, I think what's not being said properly is like you read this in this lots of times, like Washington had massive anguish about the slavery situation and how horrible it was, even though yeah. hypocr hypocritically he was doing it too. And he felt like, well, I, I treat my slaves so well. I let them go to town. I give them the money and blah, blah, blah. I, 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 but I'm reading this going, yeah, but guy, they still, they couldn't leave. You know? <laughs> <laughs> like a fucking big thing. And it was so fascinating because he put in his will if he, when he died that all his slaves should be freed after Martha dies, his wife, right? Yeah. But what he didn't realize by accident, because he thought, oh, they all like me so much and I've treated my slaves so well that, you know, they'll be happy to help Martha and then be on their way. No, nah, they eyeballing Martha every day. Going, <laughs> all I got to do is take this bitch out and I can go to Connecticut. You know what I mean? And, and Martha was so upset because she's like, this fucking guy put an X on my back, you know? <laughs> so, That's hilarious. Uh, yeah, it was really crazy, right? So then she just moved. She moved. She's like, I got to fuck out of here. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like waving to her. Yeah, good call, honey. So, <laughs> and the thing Dude, about that is it is so funny. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, what people don't realize is, you know, Washington, his anguish was because if I allow and say slavery is no longer legal, then we're going to lose the South. And they're going to start their own country and we're going to turn into Europe with all these little weaker countries and yeah. not this flourishing, awesome thing we could be. Yeah. And the slaves even helped build the White House. Right. So what I think the big mistake here is not so much. Oh, my God, these were such bad guys because of what they did. What's being missed here is. Find these slaves that built the White House. Find these slaves that, like, helped Washington. Find these slaves that, like, were so involved in us becoming what we've become. And put them out and teach about them with the same prominence. Because, you know, you got all these slaves that built the freaking White House Capitol. And we don't know any of them. I mean, like, the foreman should at least be on the dollar bill. Fuck it, right? So that that's where I think we dropped the ball is not so much putting a negativity on the guys that are there, but it's not shining a spotlight on the on on the realizing not volunteer, not voluntary, but the sacrifices that were made by the slaves um, to make this country as great as it is, you know, I and I know. Totally and again, agree. I know it was involuntary and that we can't change, but at least like let it be fucking known. Yeah. Yeah. Do you remember? Do you remember that day? I think it was you, me, and Pete Hoare. And I'm like, yeah, you know, there's a black dude in the boat with. Uh... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I couldn't believe it. He was Washington's right hand man. He was even in the boat. And Washington insisted on him being in the picture. But, and, yeah. and, you know, and we were like, get out of here. And then we put the picture up and we're like, there he is. Again, there should be a whole fucking, uh, you know, the way we talk about Nathan Hale for a week in school? We should be talking yeah. about that black guy on that boat for a week in school. What are we doing, man? Dude, what was his name, by the way? You even know. Let's give him the. Oh, the, the, I can't. I can't remember the oh guy's my God. name. You got to Google it right now. I mean, but everybody, everything I just said is for nothing. You got to Google the, the name right now and say it. It's the picture of uh, of Washington crossing the Delaware. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I'll Google it. Yeah. Uh, Washington yeah, he, crossing uh, Delaware painting uh, black guy. 
Black yeah, he was. Man. I saw a great series about the spies that worked for Washington, and that uh, the, the that character I was happy to see had a prominent role. They made it very clear that Washington did have a right man hand. It was a black guy who was hugely helpful in winning the Revolutionary War, and the reason we don't drink fucking tea in the morning instead of coffee. The here you ready for the guy's name? Yes. Prince Whipple. What was the first name? Prince, like as in, you know, I don't want you. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Whipple, yeah, W-H-I-P-P-L-E. Yeah, yeah, Prince Wimple. He was uh, from Ghana. Here's another one that, that cracks me up. If you want to talk about people from history, just being, there was like, when when the Revolutionary War was kicking off, uh, they, they, they had a deal. They're like, well, if, if the... Uh, if the British show up by 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 land, you know, go to the watchtower and have them, you know, lift up a lantern. And if they come by sea, go to the watchtower and and have them lift two lanterns, whatever it was. And uh, and so one of the guys was Paul Revere, and uh, and the other guy was some black dude. And uh, Paul Revere, <laughs> Paul Revere got caught. Paul Revere. They caught Paul Revere. As oh, don't even finishing. tell me that. I just did a tour of his house three, four months ago <laughs> with my wife and daughter. I was in Boston. Yeah, Paul Revere got popped. <laughs> he got busted and like, oh, he's famous. The black dude did his job, warned everybody, and did not get arrested. He, he, he's the hero. <laughs> the black guy's the one that did the lamps? Yeah, he and Paul Revere. Paul Revere went one direction. The black guy went another direction. And they're like, all right, be careful. We got to warn everybody, but don't get arrested. Right, but if you're saying the black guy's the one who made it and the black guy's the one who lifted the lamps, like, <laughs> we, we got to do a History Channel show, me and you, where we just, you know, put it out there. Like, listen, this isn't theory. This is really what happened. I mean, even with the, with the space exploration, we, we got to get a moon rock and go, guy, this is a real fucking moon rock. The landing happened. Shut the fucking shit down, you lunatic. <laughs> <laughs> you know? All right. Oh, Pete, wow. All right. Pete, where can people find you? Tell them the name of the podcast, the uh, website. I want yes. to be able to follow you. You go to the, the Pete and Sebastian. Is it, It's called the Pete and Sebastian Show. You can get it on YouTube. You can get it from my website, PeteCorielli.com, or Sebastian Maniscalco's website. Just Google Sebastian Maniscalco. And uh, I will be back on at Lofty when our show premieres on Crackle, baby. Look for that. It's called Flagrant Star and Michael Rappaport. Fucking awesome thespian. Uh, looking forward to that. Mikey Loftus, uh, you're a dear friend. I mean, I'm probably going to get cremated, but if I went the coffin route, you'd have a hand on the handle, guys. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody, stick around. I'm going to move the remainder of the show over to the Patreon segment. Pete, I love you, buddy. Just Same a great time. <laughs> Have a good yeah. one. You too, bro. Great hanging.